Welcome to the Truth Matters Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. This series is entitled A Piece of My Mind. I am Cynthia Beaudry. I am sassy and Puerto Rican. I'm originally from the Bronx. I have been giving people a piece of my mind for as long as I can remember. I'm pretty good at it, actually. Now, as a Christian, I still get to do that, but I get to do that in a different way. It looks differently. Now, it is a P-E-A-C-E of my mind. I am so excited to have you join me today. We're, over the past few weeks, we have been talking about prayer, and honestly, there's so much more that we can talk about on that specific topic. It's something that I'm passionate about. And one day in particular, I want to share with you an experience that I had with the Lord where he called me into deeper intercession, which is a type of prayer. And he showed me how to intercede for my family and friends who don't know him or who were needing a move of God in their lives. And it's just a really fun story, and I'd love to share it with you one day. But today, let's take a break on prayer this week. I'm actually curious to hear what the Lord has been doing in your life. Uh, tell me about it. I want to hear praise reports, victories, encouragements, feedbacks, critiques, whatever. You can email me at truthmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Connect with me. Or if there's topics you want to cover, want me to cover or any suggestions, let me know. But for this episode in particular today, we're going to get real. So I've chatted with the Lord about what I should share with you guys. And let me tell you what he's been doing. I'm, I'm just, you know, this is, this is real talk. Cynthia's peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? So each week, this is what it looks like. I come to him and the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, that is the one thing that is guaranteed that God will give to you and he will give it to you generously and freely. And each week God has been downloading into my brain, just the words to say, and I just wait and I ponder these topics and he just downloads. And sometimes it's at 4 a.m. and I just get a bunch of thoughts and ideas coming into my mind of what I should share with you guys. And during, or sometimes it's during my study time. You know, I, I go, I dive in the word about a specific topic and he just seriously has been so faithful to just illuminate his word and through my life experiences just to bring to you guys uh, just what I want to share and a, a piece of my mind, just basically just that. He's just been faithful for that. I've been walking with him for such a long time. I've had so many beautiful encounters and tra- like trials and testings and moments of faith and comfort. And, and God has sh- he's schooled me. He has schooled me in the ways of walking in spirit. And so I am just overjoyed that I get to share with you the lessons that I've learned from my heart and, and just principles relating to God and in deeper love relationship. But this week, check it out, you guys. This week I came to him and I asked him, okay, Lord, where should we go this week? Because it's been week by week that he's been faithful to just download topics and download ideas into my mind and my heart. And I did not hear a thing. (laughs) I'm like, wait, Lord, what's this? You said you were going to give me wisdom and you were going to give it to me liberally. (laughs) Where, Where is the topic for this week? And that's just not the norm. And I was pondering over some basic discipleship topics like the word of God and the 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 importance that it plays in our life as believers, uh, uh, the topic of community and the importance of plugging into a local body, and, and possibly some of the challenges that we face that keeps us from rooting ourselves into the local body and community. But I didn't get a go with God on those things because he didn't download anything in particular for those topics. And so one of the ways I get to, I get a go with God that I know like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about is by the fact that he simply just downloads the info into my brain. You know, you, you understand what I'm coming from? Okay. So look, this, this podcast is all about me being real with you. I share with you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But then I, I got this idea this week to look into my old journals. It's been so long, honestly, my idea was I could just look through them and see some of the struggles I faced as an adolescent in my faith and how God grew me and what he did in those seasons. And you guys, I have spent the last three days pouring over my old journals. 
<laughs> I've been laughing. I've been crying. I've been praising God for how far he's taking me. And going over those journals, I realized I saw that God had already downloaded what he wanted me to share from those very pages. He's so faithful. God is so faithful. He's so good. So today we're going to get a little bit personal. I hope you don't mind. One of the things that I noticed a theme, a reoccurring theme in my journal was a theme of insecurity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's always a fun one to read and to look back and see how immature you was and to see how insecure you were. Anyway, but I had a perceived lack and I had shame that resulted from that perceived lack and from those insecurities. So I just want to read to you here. Let me just show you. I'm going to read to you from my old journal, September 18, 2009. I feel ugly. I feel fat and ugly. And this creates the impulse in me to do things that numb me from feeling fat and ugly. It perpetuates bad decisions that will continue to feed the feelings of being fat and ugly. I know this pattern well. Today, taking out the mail, I saw that Drew had sent out my RSVP for the wedding. You know, the one that I was stalling, mailing myself. As I held the RSVP card, I saw that Drew had filled it out for me and my heart sank. Number of guests attending the ceremony, one. Number of guests attending the reception, one. I guess I'm having trouble with this whole wedding thing, Lord. I mean, why do I shut down with this stuff? Completely detached from my emotions. Why can't I just partake of the celebration? Last night, I had a dream. A man, strong, handsome, strapping. He was pursuing me. He was godly. He wanted my hand in marriage. But in my dream, I was preoccupied with a list of things I needed to get done, and I couldn't rest in his arms. I wanted to so badly, though. The more I got things done on my list, the closer in proximity that I got to him. And in my dream, the to-do list was almost complete. He was just a few feet away. I was so close. Then I woke up. Geez, Lord, really? Even in my dreams, I can't catch a break. I keep hearing this truth. God is closing the hearts of men to protect you. But what that just feels like is an excuse for you're fat and ugly. <laughs> and this is what I felt since my youth. Nobody wants me. You're not good enough. Your parents didn't even want you. Every man that you have ever given yourself to didn't want you. Even God rejected you when he took your dad away. He doesn't even love you enough to give you a normal life and family. It's funny because Steve the other day said that normal is just a setting on the washing machine. <laughs> But I have these feelings, oh God, these lies that I've believed since my youth that have now transferred to me into my adulthood. I wonder how many situations and relationships I go through with this mentality. And now what do I do? I meet my need with bad decisions to stop myself from feeling these feelings. I turn to comforting things, familiar things, something outside of myself to feel one shred of security. But in the end, I am still alone and I'm still fat and ugly. Steve asked me the other day, Cynthia, what do you want? Is God really good? He said, your cup is leaking and so is mine. I cannot look to you to fill my needs. You cannot look to me to fill your needs. Jesus, I'm sorry for not following your way. My past, my sins, my belief systems, my current devices for security all leave me with longing and internally groping for a taste of affection and intimacy. So the lie is that no one will want me, and I cognitively know that this isn't true. 
And the lie is that you aren't good. And I cognitively know that that isn't true, but I wonder how you can prove it to me. I need heaven embedded in me. It's supposed to be better on your side, God. Isaiah 50 verse seven, because the Lord God helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint and I will not be put to shame. Flint is also like stone. Help me to set my face like stone towards you right now because I'd rather be lonely than guilty. P.S. How are you, Jesus? I wonder if anybody ever asks you that. Is that a dumb question? And that's the end of my journal entry for September 18, 2009. Looking back at my journals, I can see the progression of maturity in my life. My first journal started off really vague book. They're like praying for others, praying for general themes. When I listed discouragements, I would write them in a way that it that it was safe. That way, if anybody would ever pick up my journal, they wouldn't recognize what I was really struggling with, like porn, addiction to men's approval, insecurity. They would just get a general sense of being discouraged, but it was like all cloaked in religiosity, and there's lots of scriptures and accolades in, in the journals. And then it progresses. And then what happens in 2008, I actually enrolled in a discipleship program and I was forced to get real. I was forced to confront the issues of my heart. My mentors that year, gosh, they were so faithful to like love me authentically. I feel so bad for them because I was so defensive and immature. I remember the first meeting that I had with my mentor, Steve. He's the guy that I wrote about in the journal. Um, And the first thing that came out of my mouth was I told him, I said, I don't want you telling me what to do (laughs) during our mentoring appointments. (laughs) And then I just and then that that session with him, I spouted off reasons to justify why my online relationship that I had on at that time was legitimate. It was just all rationalizations and just justifications. Bless his heart. Steve, bless you wherever you are. If you're hearing this, (laughs) bless you. I appreciate you. I was not easy. But you know what he told me? He he said, my job is not to change you, Cynthia. I, my job is to love you. And I was so floored. I felt so bad for him. I was just a callous, sassy pill that whole year. Oh, gosh. I was just so afraid, though. That's just the reality. That's just the root of, of what what drove me. I didn't want to perpetuate rejection. And at the same time, I knew God was calling me to invite safe people into my life and into my process and to be in a community that would affirm God's worth in my life. And at the end of the year, the encouragement for me was that I needed to demand better for myself and that I needed to settle in a community that was bent on righteousness and sojourning forward in Christ. You know, I had spent so much of my life in self-deprecation and selling myself short and being insecure. And my mentors and my community, they, they just affirmed God's worth in me. It was such a beautiful process. It was scary, but it was a beautiful project, uh, process. And that's what I want to do with you here today on this podcast. I want to affirm God's worth in you. You know, we're not born walking uprightly. We are all in the school of Christ. And you know, God can do healings instantaneously. That's in his power to do. And sometimes it's a process, process of getting Egypt out of us. And when I say Egypt, what I mean is Egypt was a place of enslavement for the Israelites in the Old Testament. It represents bondage and slavery, strongholds. And sometimes what God does is it's a process of getting the Egypt out of us and allowing God to embed heaven into our hearts and increase his character in us. And so 
you may not be called to do a discipleship program like I was, but you know what? God has many, many ways on how he can uproot Egypt out of our hearts. But there is a universal concept and a universal theme in the kingdom of God that we are worthy in him and that our obedience does make a difference. We can trust God. He is good. And we're on this process together, getting to know his goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is good, the Bible says. We are on a taste test journey. I want to take you somewhere in the scriptures that I think applies to what I'm talking about today in this podcast. Genesis chapter 2. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from that rib. He brought her to man. At last, the man exclaimed, this, this, is, this one is bone from my bone. She is flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, she said. It's only from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. You will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. The fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give to her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now here is where we are introduced to the first scheme of Satan to deceive and entice. It's an age-old satanic strategy. Get the children who are in the garden surrounded by God's green, plentiful, beautiful provision and get them to fixate on the one tree that God says they can't have. Hmm. We have a garden of plentiful blessings. We have these people that are in communion with the living God, uninterrupted, uninhibited fellowship, union with each other, union with God, union even with the animals. Can you imagine what delights they must have enjoyed daily in that garden? All this blessing, this confidence, this unity. And then the devil comes in and he deceives them and he gets them to fixate on the one tree that God rules out for them. Looking back at my journals, I was reminded that at one point in my life, I too was deceived by that same old satanic strategy. It was like the devil said, Cynthia, let's get you to fixate on your lack. And for me, quite honestly, the the lie didn't come as you won't die. God knows your eyes will be open. That's what he told the woman. But for me, it was you lack value. You're abandoned. Your mother chose drugs over relationship with you. Your dad chose the streets over relationship with you. God rejected you. No one will find you valuable. No one wants you. Blah, 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 blah. And I saw in those journals about how God was helping me to confront that lie through the discipleship program, through the, through my community, because I was, I spent so much of my life living it out as my truth. 
Everything that I did was filtered in and through that lie. And God had to do a, a process with me to sow into my heart the revelation that Jesus Christ himself disrobed himself, deserted the heavenly throne. He endured the cross because he wanted to make, he wanted to make my heart his home. He wanted a secure place for me in the kingdom of God. And he wanted me to live from that reality. He wanted that to be the truth in which I did all things. And that's a blessed reality. That's my reality. That's your reality. We have a garden of blessings that we have inherited through the sacrifice of Jesus. And that garden of blessings today for, looks like, you know, it looks like unity with God, community where we can be authentically known and loved. It's perfect peace that he gives to us. It's power and authority in Jesus. It's the hope of heaven that has been poured into our hearts. I spent so many years obsessing over my lack, feeling slighted, feeling like an orphan, choosing sinful divisive like those fig those fig leaves that they that adam and eve used to cover their lack and their shame you know i i, I made fig leaves of my own and i spent so much of my life not believing that obedience leads to fruitfulness that it's worth it that it's life-giving and i don't want that for you so today i have two questions for you my first question is where is your lack what is the thing that you fixate on that keeps you from relishing, enjoying, and delighting in today's garden of blessings that God has for you? That was question number one. The second question is, what are your fig leaves? And when I say fig leaves, I mean sinful devices. For me, my devices was love addiction, it was sex, it was porn, it was masturbation, it was seeking approval and validation from men to feel secure. And you know what? Fig leaves don't necessarily have to look sinful. They can be cloaked in religiousness. It, Tim Keller says, idolatry is turning a good thing into an ultimate thing. So those fig leaves, those sinful devices, they can be clothed, cloaked in religiousness. They can be cloaked in serving God. It could be food. Some people use food as their fig leaf. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. But where is it that you find your identity apart, for God, apart from God? And where do you go to look for? to look for your value? Where do you receive your value? Some women find their worth in being married, uh, being a mom, having children. So it can look like all sorts of things. But we all have these fig leaves, these sinful devices that we use to cover our lack, to cover our shame. Those are my two questions for you. Where is your lack? What area of, you, of your life do you find yourself fixating on that you believe God is denying you from? And what are your fig leaves? What are the coping mechanisms and devices that you've incorporated in your life to find security apart from God? And my encouragement to you is to bring these questions to God and begin to confront them, to process them with him and bring them to your community, process them with safe people. We're not made to live in shallow relating and false intimacy with God and with other people. We are not made for a fig leaf life. Jesus died to make so much more available to us. There is a garden of blessings that is ours in him. Every week, I try to give you tools and tips to incorporate in your life to help you grow in your faith, like practical things. And right now, you may be thinking, I want to know the exact steps that Cynthia took to get out of her fig leaf phase. What did Cynthia do exactly to move from fixating on her lack and into maturity and wholeness? You know, I wish I can give you a three-step program. And even, you know, even though I was in a discipleship program, God used that mightily, and he used it as a catalyst to bring me into more authentic life. And, and But the reality is people can join programs and not move from glory to glory there are tools there are things that we can do to partner with him but this isn't about a program or formula where you can just find relief and just do these easy steps to be a better you and, and live a better life no this is about a relationship 
This is about growing in your relationship with God from distrust to trust, from lack to relishing in his blessings and being living in contentment and living full. Now, we have to have relationship with his word. We have to have relationship with our community to be authentic with other people. And it's going to require work. It's going to require time and energy. Letting go of my fig leaves and my fixation that I lacked, that I was fixating on my lack, that, that process, this process has been really hard, actually. You know, confronting those deficits was really hard. It is very uncomfortable to let go of the thing the things that I used to soothe myself that I found security in when I let those things go it was just me and God and I had to face the reality that I truly didn't trust him that I truly didn't know his love because it was hard it was hard to re- for me to receive God's love when I felt unworthy all of my life it was uncomfortable it was work but was it worth it yes because at the end of the day the example that god uses to um to illustrate our faith he says he says you want to you want to be my disciple pick up your cross deny yourself pick up your cross that's that's hard and that's a process and that's a lifestyle and that's a relationship and it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen on a, a formula but picking up our cross is really hard to do when we're holding on to fig leaves so we need to move into obedience we have to move into trust and this will absolutely lead to blessing i promise it leads to abundant life jesus says john 10 10 i have come to give you life and life to the full we can trust god he is so faithful to complete the work that he started in us you know satan loves to accuse God's character in our lives. He's been doing it since the beginning of history and he continues to do it today. We need to move, rise above those accusations and choose to believe that God is good and he's worthy because he is absolutely trustworthy and good. Now, I want to end here for today, and I, I just want to get you to begin to think about all the ways that you have forfeited the garden of blessings, all the ways that you fixated on your lack, and all, I want you to think about those fig leaves that you've sewn together. You know, what does it cost for you to let them go? You know, ask yourself these things. Unhealthy relationships, coping mechanisms, sinful decisions, sinful behaviors, where have they brought you in life so far? And just let that stir in your heart this week for a bit. And next week, I want to talk about a life of obedience and walking it out, walking your faith, letting go and letting God. You know, it's funny, as I uh, was going through my journals and I saw that progression, you know, I, I said in the beginning, it was very vague. And the entry that I read to you today was kind of somewhere in the middle of, of my healing process. And um, I just love seeing where I, where I grew because the journal, the journal that I read to you today, that entry was from a book, but if you would open it up, look, I didn't care at that point. If someone would pick it up and read it, they would see, man, Cynthia struggling with masturbation and self-worth, like, whoa, like that's insane sense because I was getting real with God. I was doing business with the father. I was applying his word to my life situations. I was choosing to trust, to believe in him and letting go of my fig leaves. Now I keep a journal now. It looks a little bit different. It's kind of not the same at all because I'm not as preoccupied with myself as I used to be back then. You know, babies, do we fault babies when they cry and whine to get their needs met? No. That's the only way that they know how to relate. And that's the same thing for us in our faith walk. My journal is on my phone today. And it's, it looks like a list of people that I can pray for. It looks like a list of quotes, revelations that God whispers to my heart. And, and I love that it's on my phone because it's a, there's a search button. I could just type something out <laughs> and find it a lot quicker when I need to. Cause you don't know how long it's taking me these days to comb through my old journals and notes. I was like, where's the search button? 
<laughs> but I share this with you because I want you to be filled with hope. If God can heal me, if he can sanctify me, if he can move me from a fig leaf phase and into a, a phase of just relishing my garden of blessings and being in his abundance in life, then God can do the same for you. God can embed heaven into your heart. Now, set your face like stone in his direction this week. I promise you, you will not be put to shame. I love you. I'm praying for you. Email me. Give me praise reports, feedbacks, truthmatterspodcast at gmail.com. There's a garden of blessings waiting for us this week. Will you enter in? Thank you. God bless you.